Welcome to Crime and Reason on TalkZone, bringing you the backstory in high-profile crimes that television leaves out. Now, here are the hosts of Crime and Reason, John Kelly and Leo Badenhausen. Oh, good evening, everybody. Welcome yes, back good evening. Crime. Welcome back to Crime and Reason, America's premier radio crime talk show. I'm Leo Battenhausen. And I'm John Kelly. Again, good evening. Good evening. And we, uh, we have a really, really exciting show tonight for you. Uh, we have a special guest, a wonderful guest. Uh, New York Times bestselling author Shanna Hogan will be joining us shortly. Uh, you may know Shanna from her first book, The Jody Arias Case. And she was in the news last week, and we'll be talking about that. And Shanna has a new book coming out as well called The Strangers She Loved, the Martin McNeil murder case. So we got to have a lot to talk about with her. Yeah, and and her book, Picture Perfect, on Jody Arias, the number one bestseller. Yes, sir. New York Times, number one bestseller. Shanna Hogan, fantastic. Fantastic. Fantastic book. That was a great book. Yeah. She told it like it is. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. We're going to first start off with social side in the news, John. And, yeah, what's uh, going on? What do we got going on? Are, these are some, the two of the most repulsive, sickening cases I've seen come around in a long time. You know, and like I write about in social side, we're going to see more and more of this stuff. And as repulsive as they are, they're both connected to what else but technology use. Okay. It's amazing. It's amazing the way you're picking this stuff out, Leo, where people are using technology. It goes right into your book to stalk other people. And you know, stalk, just, stalk and do more, John. Let, let me tell you okay. about this guy up in Maine. All right. Maine, uh, uh, Maine, you know, normally quiet, mellow town, mellow state. This Kyle du, Dubay. Okay. Kyle Dubay was arrested and convicted. For luring a 14-year-old girl, I think I think he's about 24 or 26, rather. 21. 21. He's 20. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I'm looking at his friend's 21. age. 21-year-old guy, right? And most people said that eh, he was a normal guy. No, had no problem with him. Came across as you know safe and regular dude. Some people said they didn't really like him, but they didn't say why. But in any case, this guy created a false Facebook identity to lure a 15-year-old girl into believing she was going to be uh, somehow harmed or kidnapped, correct? Yeah, Is that right? I mean, yeah. I mean, what he did is he lured her out of the house under another person somehow fake, like you said, uh, the fake uh, Facebook uh Whatever you call ID, I'm, you know me, I'm not that technology savvy, but, uh, <laughs> under that, and, 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 uh, you know, he, he somehow used this other guy. She thought she was walking out of the house to meet this other guy, and, 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 and it was this, uh, Kyle Dubay, uh, and, and, uh, you know, then he, uh, he turned around and he abducted her. You so know, he, abdu- he abducted her. He overpowered her and abducted her. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, he abducted, abducted her and killed her. You know, the, the cops said the, uh, what he did was um, he, he took her clothes off and, and covered her with sticks and leaves so that, so that she couldn't be seen from the sky, number one, and the clothes were taken off of her so the dogs couldn't smell her. This was a calculated sick 
narcissistic again mind this guy you know takes no consideration of anybody he just felt like killing somebody came up with this little facebook game this creepy guy behind a computer screen and this girl poor girl fell for it and this is another reason why parents we really need to watch what our kids are doing online and who they're talking to this is absolutely crazy and you know there's there's no reason for this except for evil Okay, what is this? There's no psychological background here. This man is just pure evil. If you look at his picture in the paper, there's nothing there. The stare in his eyes is just black holes, two black holes, and another inappropriate use of social media. Here we go, you know. Dead eyes. Yeah, he's got those dead eyes. Leo, take me through it. How did this guy, because I, I want to go through his uh, his abduction ritual. How did he stalk her? On Facebook. Take me through that, because you're the expert with the technology and Facebook and everything. So, well, I mean, how did he do that? How, how did he pull that off? John, anybody can become anybody they want on Facebook. Okay, all you need is like is an email address, okay, which is could be any anybody as well. You can get an email address, you know, at a, at a library in town. So you can be very, very, um, you know, anonymous. So all you do is find a picture of somebody online, and there's... Google images, go pick out somebody's picture. God knows who it is. You know, you put it on there as your profile picture. You make up a name. You, you know, you, you throw out some requests for friends, you know, and you, you just become an entity that, that you've created in your mind. And, and he, this happens all the time. You know, we don't know if anybody, if you haven't met somebody for real, live, in person, you don't know who you're talking to on, on social media. That's not obviously really. Right, but it's this generation has become very trusting of you know if somebody can be very convincing with technology and the way they communicate via uh, being online. Uh, you know, our generation is a little more leery of such things because we didn't grow up with it. But remember, these kids, this is what they know, and this is how they interact, and this is how they socialize, and this is why it's so screwed up in this world today, and why these kind of things happen. It's very scary, and we're going to see more and more of it. The good news is he's 21 and got busted, so he wasn't the smartest, uh, the sharpest knife in the shed. But uh, you know, in any case, you know, he 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 confessed this to his girlfriend, um, who really is the hero in this because she came forward and and um, and turned him in. I don't know if he would have gotten caught otherwise, or you know, like you would say, he'd just keep on doing this. Oh yeah, this guy, this guy definitely keep on. I mean, you know, we want to, we want to underline this guy. This guy goes under the definition of, uh, moron. We'll call him a moronic murderer. <laughs> you know, I mean, he, he's really a moron. Okay. He's really stupid. And thank God he's so stupid. And, and I, 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 I my heart goes out to this family. It goes out to Absolutely. this girl. I'm very sorry for what happened to her, but. This guy isn't going to hurt anybody in, in, in again. He's done. When it comes to the abduction, this girl, from what you're telling me, Leo, she's walking out of the house thinking she's meeting Brian Butterfield because that's who he's posed as mm-hmm. on Facebook. Is that correct? Okay. That is correct. She comes out of the house in the dark. She thinks she's going to meet Brian Butterfield. Next thing she knows, she's wrestling with a guy, okay, who's got a Dark mask on, okay? He's got a pullover uh, hat with the mask on it, ski mask, right? Yeah. He's got gloves on. And then she's whisked away in a car, and he's taken her off 
to a safe place. So when you talked about methodical in the in the beginning, you know, this guy was extremely methodical and organized. He had the transportation all set and he had the kill zone at the dump site already all set. So now he's taking control of her. He's got her in the car and off he goes to a special place where he is going to kill her. He's going to sexually abuse her, rape her, and he's going to strangle her. Okay. Now, when we're looking at this guy, we know we're dealing with a budding serial. I mean, this guy's only 21 years old and he's hatched this, this, this scenario in his twisted mind at 21, which is very young for somebody to get started with this stuff and to be so methodical. You know, where does this guy stop if he's not caught? Go ahead, Leo. Well, there we go. And then you know, we're like, we're going to see more and more of these younger criminals, younger, um, narcissistic, evil thinking creatures that just want to do what they want to do. Now, this guy was also, a, I think he was a friend of the, this girl's families, and he had, her mother had said that he had offered to babysit their younger child a few times. She never oh, took him up on it. You imagine that? Again, she never took him up on the offer. Smart thinking there, but then here, this, this was a friend of uh, this guy, and then there his, he was a friend of the family, but you never know. So he, the whole, hope he rots away the west, rest of his life, wherever he's going to be locked up in a, in a cage yeah, where and, he belongs. Yeah, and, uh, they, and, and this babysitting stuff, this is so he can get into the house, because his target is this young girl. Well, okay, that his target a- is, his target's Nicole Gable. And, and, Correct. oh, I'll babysit, I'll do whatever, anything I can do for you, let me help you. You know, he just wants to get closer and closer to his target so he can start to put his evil plan into motion. Well, John, that brings us perfectly into um, social side news number two when you talk about babysitters. Listen to this story. Uh, as a woman, Stevie Fowle and uh, her boyfriend, Michael Emery, this is a Michigan couple that uh, uh, he was sentenced to three life sentences. She got one life sentence for raping a one-year-old child and other Get, children. Uh, oh, John, you, you think you can't make this stuff up? A one-year-old baby. And now here, under the guise of babysitting, okay, This and here's the girl. He had a girlfriend. This was his accomplice, of course. She's the bait. Because who, what boy, man, babysits kids, for goodness sake, unless it's like your nephew or your niece or something. You know, mm-hmm. this, this doesn't happen. But this guy was another very, they were a very trusted couple by their friends. Okay, so their friends would have their kids confidently stay with them and believe they were safe. This guy was doing horrendous, horrendous things to these children and filming them. That's how the cops found him. He was um under suspicion um, some time back for um, sexually assaulting a 14-year-old. And when the cops got to his house, and I guess they were searching for things, that's when they found out all of these other things were happening, that this one-year-old child and uh, and other very young children. I think there was three children involved altogether. You know? So here we have uh, the, the, the twisted sick. This guy's 26, okay, Michael Emery. Um, and he's guilty to a slew of, of sex crime charges, according to the police. 
Was this uh, Craigslist? Was, was this Craigslist? This is the guy, yes. He was offering babysitting services on Craigslist. Now, first of all, what moron parent is going to look on Craigslist to find babysitters? First of all, that's just my question. That's a moron. But second of all, you know, the, the audacity of doing this. And, but he had the girl. See, the girl was the bait. She you know, was the bait. She was the bait. He's sure the dominant. He's the dominant. She's the submissive. She's probably male dependent. She'd do anything he wants. Exactly. Like her self esteem yeah. in the garbage can, of course, but she was the one who was able to, yeah, you know, if somebody called up for a babysitting service, you hear a female voice nurturing nice. That's how she got in, but she was working for him and she took part in this stuff too because she got sentenced to life as well. You know, so to a person, this is like, according to the, the police of the undersheriff in um, Kent County, Michigan, that's where this happened. Uh, he said, this is, this is the worst of the worst child sex cases they've ever had to work with you know and he said they found a computer containing graphic video that even veteran detectives found difficult to watch now what kind of twisted sick mind is this now this guy's lawyer said he was a good candidate for rehabilitation yeah yeah, yeah you got Are rehabilitation you <laughs> yeah rehabilitation this yeah in jail never- for a life he'll get rehabilitated in there they'll take well, care of him and Exactly. The other prisoners will take, will rehabilitate him. But, you know, here we go again with, with computer use and narcissistic, give me, give me, who cares about anybody else's life behavior? Very social side-ish, very evil. And, and just, this, the news just keeps coming in. And they don't present this. I think well, you and I were talking the other night that you don't hear this on the evening news anymore because either it's so prevalent or it's not as important. As, uh, you know, ISIS and all this other nonsense we hear, uh, you know, the big, big world news. Well, why don't we hear about this stuff anymore? I find this stuff online on legitimate sites like Huffington Post Crime, the Daily Beast. That's where the real news is. If you want to know what's going on in this country, man, you better start looking deeper. And these psychopaths, these two psychopaths had a couple of kids of their own. Yeah, they did. That's right. Two kids. You know, (laughs) I, 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 I mean, so when you talk about the bait, these other families are looking at these two saying, well, they have a couple of children. I mean, they're nice. They come across nice. I mean, and underneath it all, these psychopaths are sexual predators. Yeah. I they mean, tried to flee know, as well. I mean, when they, when they, when they got a hold, the cops were trying to come to them. They, they flew down. They, 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 they flew to Spartanburg, South Carolina, but they got caught real quick down there. Here's another couple of idiots that don't know what they're doing when it comes to, uh, you know, being a criminal, but they don't know much about anything. These are, I wouldn't even call them criminal. These are evil minded, evil minded demons, John. The judge yeah, asked again, them, like, go ahead. I should say, the judge asked them, like, you know, how do you do this? You know, why would, how did you find yourself in a position to do such a thing to an infant? And, um, uh, this, uh, this guy, uh, St- uh, Michael Emery here said, well, it's a hard situation to explain. And he said, it, it's a long line of bad choices. Long line, <laughs> a, a long line of bad choices. <laughs> you, they only get yeah. sicker. You can't make this up. You can't, you can't make, make it this sick. You know, sick. And, you know, just getting back to Kyle Dubay for one minute, Leo. Yeah. With all this guy's BS that his lawyer put out in front of the jury, it took the jury 45 minutes to convict this guy. So he's wow. gone for a life. Forty-five minutes. That's that's how long it took them to put up with his BS story 
about how he was going to abduct her, but then he was going to come back without the mask on and rescue her, and he was yeah, going to be yeah. a hero in her eyes. Can you imagine somebody yeah. coming up with a story like that? I mean, this guy's a complete idiot. Yeah, he, beyond other things, he's a complete idiot. Where do you get this stuff? What are you, what, what are you sitting around thinking, like, where do you concoct such a plan and then carry it out? But the 45 minutes is great. I'm surprised it didn't take 45 seconds. Yeah. But uh, I, they, listen, you know, these juries seem to start and we get it right. Maine, Maine is not a, a, a state that has much of this kind of thing. A lot of drug abuse cases up there, domestic violence, that sort of thing. But heinous murders and crimes like this, very unusual in, in Maine from what I understand. Yeah, I mean, this 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 goes on. But I, I mean, this is rare, this kind of thing in Maine, yeah. Exactly, yeah, but they uh, they know their they they take care of their own. They take care of each other, um, and if you're not minding your own business up there, you know you're going to get yourself into big trouble. And this guy certainly did, and uh, he can rest. He's another one that's going to be spending a long time uh, getting some jailhouse justice, I guess. You know, up there in the great state of Maine. But that that's the let's see the social side stuff is everywhere. Yeah, this is another another budding serial killer. What's amazing to me is this new form of stalking through technology, which fits right in with your book. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got to understand, to me, who's used to looking at other forms of stalking and the way these different serials go on the hunt. I mean, this guy was a budding serial killer, right. okay, mm -hmm. at 21 years old. The only reason he was is because he's in jail now and he can't hurt anybody. But this guy had it already set up. He had the abduction set up. He had the transportation set up. He had the kill zone set up. He had the disposal site set up. Even being a moron like he was, he still was able to concoct, you know, this whole ritual in his mind and really believed, truly believed he was going to get away with it. And that's mm -hmm. what's that's what scares me more than anything, because there's nothing worse than arrogance and ignorance, especially in the mind of a murderer. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, this is this is just a complete stupidity. And I'm glad that uh, he's paying his dues. Well, he is. And speaking of um Arrogance and ignorance in a murderer. We have a, a very special guest coming up after the break, Shanna Hogan, and a New York Times bestselling author. And we are very excited to talk to her about her new upcoming book, The Strangers She Loved. And I uh, want to ask Shanna also real quick her opinion on uh, the, the jury verdict in the Jody Arias trial last week. So don't go away. Stick yeah, around. Yeah, the Martin right. McNeil case. The Martin yeah. McNeil case. Yeah. We'll be right back with Shanna Hogan, folks. Stick around. Extra Healthcare Services was founded in 1991 by Executive Director John Kelly. Our outpatient drug and alcohol counseling centers provide an individualized approach to treatment with a strong emphasis on building self-esteem in our clients and helping empower them to take effective control of their lives. Our program has had an extremely high success rate because our board-certified and licensed counselors and psychologists design a program just for you or your family member to help deal with alcohol and drug abuse. 
We specialize in addictive illness in both adults and adolescents. Our entire team is committed to helping you or a family member become healthy. Our alcohol and drug abuse counseling centers are located in Middlesex, Monmouth, and Union Counties, with both day and evening appointments available. Call 732-721-3835 or email us at info at extracarehealth.com. That's 732-721-3835 or info at extracarehealth.com. Now, back to John and Leo for more Crime and Reason on TalkZone.com. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, good evening again. Uh, this is Crime and Reason. My name is Leo Battenhausen. I'm here with my uh, co-host, John Kelly, and we have a very special guest with us tonight. We are honored to have um, Shanna Hogan. She is an award-winning journalist and a New York Times best-selling true crime author. She's just uh, finished up a book that's going to be out at the end of the month called uh, The Stranger She Loved. Uh, regarding the Martin McNeil murder case. Shanna's, uh, has written for numerous publications for nearly a decade. She's received more than 20 awards for her feature writing and investigative reporting. She was named Journalist of the Year by the Arizona Press Club in 2010 and again in 2011 by the Arizona Newspaper Association. Not only is Shanna a very, very talented journalist and investigative reporter, but she's really a very nice person, too. And we are happy to have her here as our guest on Crime and Reason. How are you this evening, Shanna? Well, thank you so much for the intro. (laughs) You're very welcome. It's nice to have you on board. Yeah, you deserve it, kiddo. Go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> I love you, know, you guys. Well, we love you too. But listen, Shannon, you know, I, I, we got, I want to talk about your book, first of all. That's most important news. But, you know, we got to ask you about your feelings about the uh, Jody Arias uh, verdict last week. You know, you are an expert on the, the authority. I'm sure you're going to be back in the news more than you may care to be on this case, or maybe you don't mind. But what do you think about this 11-to-1 decision that uh, where 11 people wanted her to put to the death penalty and one hold out for life in prison? You know, it's really a crazy uh, solution. Uh, I, I was there for the closing arguments, and it was very dramatic and very impactful when the defense attorney stood up and said, uh, he, he hand, uh, put down her baby photos and said, are, are, do you really want to kill this girl in this picture? And I found that, like, very hard. Like, I couldn't be the one who voted for the death penalty, but they did that, and, uh, you know, a lot of people decided on the death and, uh, and one holdout. But I ultimately think it's a better solution because, mm-hmm. of course, you know, mandatory appeals that come with the death penalty. And, uh, you yeah. know, ultimately, I don't think that she would have been put to death anyway. So I think that ended up being, a, you know, a, a solution that will be better for the family members. Well, and your your book, Picture Perfect, uh, that really, you showed another side of this whole story, too, that a lot of people don't look at, um, which is uh, the Travis Alexander, you know, not being the uh, the shining star of um, Mormonism that he claimed to be, correct? You know, he, he yeah. did a lot of things really pushing her in another direction. I feel like that, but I also feel like, you know, the fact that he was human and he had failings made him a good person. But, uh, you know, I don't think that she would have committed murder if she hadn't met him. She really right. like, got pulled down this path of, like, falling in love with this man who, you know, uh, promised her the world and just did not deliver. And it just really tore her up. So I can see both sides of the argument and both sides of the story. And I've gotten criticism for, 
you know, saying that, you know, he really led her astray. But it, it, the truth is, you, you hear the text messages, you hear the uh, the uh, uh, phone calls between them that she recorded, and you can mm-hmm. tell that he, like, really, you know, pulled her in a direction that she did not expect with this. And, uh, and it really just tormented her. Shanna, you know, um, when we talk about her being tormented, you know, he's not the first guy either to tormented her based on what I've read. And your book was, you know, fantastic. Uh, you could tell it was going to be a number one bestseller just, just by reading it before it even became a number one bestseller. But, you know, you can, you can see the conflict going on in a way with this girl and and you know at what point does a person does a woman reach their breaking point i mean you know what's <laughs> yeah. your life i mean yeah. what's the what's the last straw to break the camel's back and 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 it seemed like it seemed like he was the final straw do you want to talk about that for her, in that case, definitely, he was the straw that broke Camel's back. She had a lot of relationships. But I actually, it's funny that you say that. I speak at classes at Arizona State University, and I say, you guys don't understand what you do to women sometimes. Uh, right. um, <laughs> you know, uh, you, you, you guys are obviously uh, in a different situation, and, you know, when you get older, you, you see it differently. But it, guys in their 20s, uh, you know, a lot of times they really – you know, they're, they're dating women and they're the more powerful person in that relationship. And they really like kind of screw with the woman's head. And it like kind of, you know, that the, the cliche word is snap. And, right. uh, mm-hmm. yes. And it happens, especially in Jodi Arias case. She definitely snapped. Um, mm-hmm. kind of being like, you know, feeling that she could not see herself at a moment in time where she would not care about this person. Obviously, right. yeah, I mean, wow. you, yeah, you, obviously as a woman, you see, you, you move on from the situation and you actually like look back and like you, the, the emotion that you attach to that situation, that, that relationship, you can't even relate to, you know, years past. I, right. uh, one of the things I thought about was there must be days in jail for Jodi Arias where she doesn't even think about Travis and doesn't mm-hmm. even, uh, you know, the uh, the emotion that like you know brought her to that breaking point doesn't even influence her to this day. So it's mm. a, it's a great question. You know, obviously we should be better. We should treat people better uh, than we do. Yeah, well, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know um, there are consequences, and unfortunately, she just happened to be a borderline personality disorder uh, person, and it just like drove her to the breaking point. Yeah. Yeah, when you're that. playing around when you're playing around with a woman's emotions and we can call it head games, you know, we can call it uh, manipulation, we can call it uh, various things. I mean, at what point, you know, uh can they go off? Can they snap? I mean, cuz you know, emotions are very powerful. And yeah. uh I I think you've got a great message. Uh, you know, to get out there for a lot of the younger guys too. Absolutely, you know, you, yes. you better be careful when you're uh, messing with somebody's head, you know, for some sex. 
You know, exactly. I love you, I love you, I love you until I have sex with you, and then I don't care about you anymore. I mean, you're setting yourself up for some real retribution there, you know? They call that the, the hump and dump, I heard. Mm. <laughs> just one of my clients so, told me I, that. You know, obviously we both have been through it, uh, and, you know, I'm a married woman for 11 years, and you guys are um, in a different situation in your life. But I have to ask, as men, the male-women dynamic, you actually – know when you're like messing with a woman's head you're like saying to yourself well you know i'm getting my end of it or or do you like uh you know do you feel bad about it when you're in that situation that's a great that's a great <laughs> question <laughs> it's a loaded question yeah it's a, loaded, I think, it's a great question Shanna, i do think the answer to that is yes a, a good conscience in a man though would would catch that, but a lot of guys don't have much of a conscience and they would just know what's going on and they will manipulate on and on and they don't think twice about it. That's yeah, as honest as an answer I can give you. And especially yeah, cool. when that, t- especially when that testosterone is flowing, right. you know, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, you, you know, guys in early twenties, yeah, really yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those young bucks, man. I mean, they'll tell you whatever you want to hear, you know, and, Certainly try to get you as much as you want to drink <laughs> or, uh, you know, whatever you want to smoke, you know, and they only have one thought, one thought in mind, whatever it takes to get you to bed. I mean, you know, this is, this is what you're, uh, this is what you're dealing with. And unfortunately, you know, you could end up with the wrong person and, uh, you could yeah, have a fatal, a fatal attraction scenario. If this so listen. is the ultimate, Jodi Arias is the ultimate fatal attraction scenario. Mm-hmm. Like, this, she is the fear factor that should be thought about when guys do exactly what you <laughs> said, you know? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yes, you're it, right. It, might, it might, might happen one day. Like, you might drive a woman so crazy that she stabs you 27 times and shoots you in the face. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the fear warning about that situation. Exactly. So, you know, so some could see her as a hero, I guess, in some sick ways, I guess. You know what I mean? As a figurative hero. One of the um, well, more profound things I thought in the, um, in researching the case was that in jail, uh, one of the first calls she made was to her mother and she asked her, what comes up when, when I Google, when you Google my name? She was very <laughs> concerned about her perception and her image, and I feel like she felt like she would be a hero to women, you know, that what she Maybe. did. That's why she, like, let it all, like, air, but, you know, uh, also, like, I, I, I see this as a chess game, and if he was playing chess with her, she took the chessboard, threw it on the ground, and just, you know, trashed it. She, like, went so far overboard that it's, like, it, it, it's beyond... Uh, what anything that he was doing to her, he she brutally murdered this guy. You know, so it it, it mm-hmm. takes a new level and a new dynamic. Well, Shanna, listen, you uh, you're an encyclopedia of information when it comes to the Jody Ra's case, and I could talk to you for hours about this. I'm sure we all could. Uh, it's very interesting and very informative. You absolutely did your homework, uh, and then some. But we want to talk about your new book too, and you have an interesting story about how this book was brought to your attention. Don't you? Yeah, thank you, Leo. Oh, yeah. Um, Let's hear about I, that. I actually had not heard about the case at all, and I this is the Martin McNeil Mer- Martin McNeil case, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah, the stranger uh, she loved. The stranger exactly. she loved. That's going to be a bestseller too. Go ahead, kid. You got it. <laughs> People know about the case. I call it the Mormon bathtub case, 
Um, because <laughs> That's the, right. the woman, yeah, the woman was found uh, dead at the age of 50, um, being drugged and drowned in her bathtub. And uh, she was Mormon. Her husband was Mormon. Uh, I hadn't heard about the case, and which is weird because I hear about like a lot of those, uh, you know, cases. And my publisher brought it to me and said, would you want to write a book on this? And I said, actually, no. Uh, <laughs> I was fatigued from the Jody Arias case, and I uh, just did not see myself, you know, going down that path again. Uh, you know, the, the emotion that comes with, like, uh, you know, writing a book. But as I yep. heard about it, and I heard the story um, behind it and how the family really fought to um, bring this guy to justice, I, I felt like it was an inspirational story. It wasn't just a sad, tragic event, and uh, that's something that should be shared. That's something that, like, people, like, can be influenced by. So I, I love your take on these cases, Shanna. You really, like you're saying with Jody Ari's, you know, you kind of looked at the a different side of her, and I, I hear that was what you're saying about this case as well, um, about um, the mom who was murdered. What was her first name? Her name was Michelle. 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 Michelle and okay. her original name was Michelle Summers. And okay. um, the people that loved her loved her so much that, you know, years after she was gone, seven years, they fought for her uh, to get prosecuted. I, it was kind of funny. Uh, the other day, I teach at ASU, and I was talking uh, to one of the students, and, um, and they're like, when was Travis murdered for the Travis Alexander, Jody Arias case? And I said, oh, well, it was 2008. And the girl go. Uh, I said to the girl, uh, I'm like, you must have been in high school back then. She said she was in eighth grade. Like, that's how long a case, a case takes to be finally prosecuted, especially a death penalty case. Uh, with Martin McNeil, it was, uh, she was murdered in 2007 and was not ultimately brought to justice until 2014. So, wow. uh, yeah, it, it's kind of crazy, but would definitely not have been brought to justice without, you know, the family being so involved and caring so much that they, uh, you know, like, I think, uh, it's interesting that you had said the other day that, uh, um, you know, when your mother is killed, the only family member you have left is your father. And right. to be so impacted that, you know, your father may have been the result of your mother being murdered, you know, you have to turn against your whole family. So it's a really inspirational story. Yeah, you yeah. never you never see that. I mean, in all the cases I've worked, and that's why I brought it up to you. I mean, all the cases yeah. I've worked, usually if one parent has been arrested, you know, I mean, that family will gravitate to support that parent because, you know, they've already lost the other parent and they don't want to lose their final parent to jail because I think it's kind of uh, like they're, they're feeling they're orphaned at that point and left alone. So that's why I think this book is just going to be fantastic. Again, it's another bestseller coming right down the pike. The Stranger She Loved. I mean, this is I, kudos to you, Sean. I mean, I got to tell you, this is this is just great. And this guy, wasn't he a, a, a fake physician and yes. lawyer at the same time? That's the thing that kind of blows people's minds is that he was a lawyer and a doctor. And he had faked his transcripts to get into medical school, faked his transcripts to get into law school. So he was never actually qualified to do the things that he was like. Uh, you know, he presented himself to be like a total fraud throughout, you know, the ages and, you know, lived 50 years and got away with that. Like, you usually <laughs> in those stories hear about someone 
you know, being a, a fraud for like 20 years of their life or whatever. But he lived 50 years and no one suspected him of the fraud that he committed. And, Unbelievable. Uh, especially yeah. his daughters. And he got paid yeah. for it. Am I correct? He got paid. He made all this money, right? Oh, yeah. He, uh, uh the, when he was finally arrested, he had millions in the bank and actually oh, he got a oh, dollars free. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he pretty, he methodically put this together and he got away with it, right? This was a, it was believed to be an accident until the daughters, like you exactly. said, pushed further. And the fraud that he committed too, um, he was actually, why he was making a hundred thousand dollars a year and, you know, making, uh, living as a, um, uh, as a doctor, he was also collecting, um, social security benefits from the Navy. Which <laughs> 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 is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you laugh like, at this stuff, but what is, talk about a, a narcissistic psychopath. This, so, this this guy is the worst of the worst of the worst, isn't he? Evil he's, personified. Absolutely. Evil personified. He, he's the worst person I've ever written about, and that has been uh, one of the things that uh, people pointed out in my, uh, my book. Uh, I've gotten a couple of professional reviews, and uh, they said, obviously, no one who's interviewed for this book or the author likes the person in this. But, uh, you know, like with Jody, I was able to see, like, both sides of the story. With Marjorie, yeah. my first uh, case, uh, where the woman dismembered her husband, I was able to see both sides of the story. With this guy, I just saw an evil person. And it's clear in my writing, I guess, that, it, uh, you know, this was an evil person who kind of, at the end, got what he deserved because uh, he had tormented and hurt so many other lives. So, uh didn't he? And he also, Shannon. I don't want to give away too much of the story, but there's so much involved in this case. But the, the, he isn't there a talk that he he adopted children from the Ukraine or somewhere? Uh, yes. And then if they weren't, because uh, he had another Mormon, if they didn't become Mormonized enough, he he had a problem with them or something like this. Exactly. Uh, you know, uh, people were considered good if they were like with his standards. And uh, so he adopted ultimately five children from the Ukraine. One of the children he gave back up to the state of uh, Missouri and said that she just didn't, like, fit the profile, like, what he was expecting when he adopted a 12-year-old child. Obviously, if you, if you adopt a 12-year-old, you, you would probably take into, like, you know, it, it, it's not, you, it's something that you would look at and you would, like, say, obviously this child is not, uh, you know, 12 years of their lives, they've lived a very different life than me. But with him, he, like, expected them to, like, you know, be so grateful that, you know, he adopted them. And so one of the child he gave up, the other child he was, uh, he actually sent back to the Ukraine at the age of 16, stole her identity, gave it to his mistress, and uh, ultimately, like, uh, that's what was his undoing. That that was the identity theft that sent him to jail for two years. So it's like Incredible. a crazy case. There's so much. It was very emotional for me to deal with this case because mm. all the things that happened. It was a 30 year marriage, and uh, you know, wow. that, like wow. went awry. Yeah, yeah. and sure. so many people involved. It's a sad, wow. sad story, but also, like I said, an inspirational story that uh, the daughters okay. fought. For their justice for their mother. 
Sure. Well, listen, we have to take a really quick break, yes. Shannon, but we don't want you to yes. go away just yet. Will you stick around with us? Yes, of course. Okay. <laughs> right, All right, we'll listen, right we're here back. with Shanna Hogan. Don't go away, folks. We'll be back in two minutes. We are raising a generation of techno-savvy and social media-obsessed kids. There's a lack of real human connection and concern for our fellow man. Social Side, How America is Loving Itself to Death by licensed clinical social worker Leo J. Battenhausen explores the new generation of young people and how they are turning into godless people with narcissistic and psychopathic tendencies. Americans have become so obsessed with themselves that their country's once great bedrock of dignity and respect is crumbling from underneath us right before our eyes. Isn't it time that we regained our confidence in spirituality and the existence of a higher power? This and so much more is explored in the book Social Side, How America is Loving Itself to Death by licensed clinical social worker Leo J. Battenhausen. Social Side is available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, FaithBooksandMore.com, and SocialSideInfo.com. Social Side, How America is Loving Itself to Death. By Leo J. Battenhausen. Bringing you the truth behind crimes today. You're listening to Crime and Reason on TalkZone.com. Back to John Kelly and Leo Battenhausen. All right, we're back again, folks. I'm Leo Battenhausen here with John Kelly, and we're talking with our very special guest, the New York selling, New York Times best-selling author, Shanna Hogan. And we were just talking about her new book coming out called The Strangers She Loved. When is that coming out, Shanna? March 3rd. And, uh, I, I really feel like that's the, the story behind it. It is like the title, The Stranger She Loved. She Tell us about that. What do you mean by know. that? Uh, well, like, uh, with the publishing world, you all, like, you suggest titles that they, you know, pick whatever they want. I had a different title for the Picture Perfect case, but they picked, uh, The Stranger She Loves, uh, on a suggestion that I made and a story that I told throughout the book, which is that this guy was a stranger to her. She loved this man, but she never. Even after 30 years of marriage. Go ahead, Shannon. This is really intriguing. Very, really intriguing. Go ahead, yeah. 30 years of marriage, she never knew the husband that she was with. And uh, and that's a crazy thing in that case. And, uh, you know, this guy, he presented himself as to be one person, and she fell for it. And, I mean, no one would blame her for falling for it because he was, you know, he was obviously very convincing and obviously, you know, like, drew her into his world. But, like, you know, what she discovered is that she never knew the husband that she married. And wasn't she deeply in love with him? I mean, she, I I think she was, am I wrong? Was she deeply in love with this man? She would do anything for him? Yeah, yeah. To the point where once she discovered these things, once she discovered that he was having an affair, she still didn't want to leave him because she loved him so much. And also, I can't imagine after 30 years of marriage, the, the love that she had for him, you know, the fact that she had four children, she obviously could not see herself without this man, and uh, no one would blame her for that because she saw a, a person that seemed to be an accomplished doctor and a lawyer, and he was not the person he presented himself to be. And this all is of that an amazing was, story. It's amazing. All of that was a fake and a fraud. And yeah. I, I guess he was uh, – how did they meet? Do you know that, Shanna? 
Yeah, actually, um, so he uh, joined the Mormon Church, which I think was also a fraud committed by himself. Um, uh, he had missionaries that came to his house, so he ended up joining the Mormon Church. And through that, he, like, went to... She was a beautiful woman. She, she was, was a beauty uh, queen at one time, wasn't yeah, she? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah beauty queen. Yeah. She's a striking woman, and the thing that people say is they look, they look at the pictures of her mistress, uh, uh, I mean, sorry, his mistress, and they look at the pictures of her, and they're like, uh, even at 50 years old, she is way more striking than his mistress. And, wow. Um, <laughs> uh, so he told her at the Mormon uh, church, Thing. Um, they set up, the Mormon uh, religion sets up these uh, events that they try and bring single Mormons together. And he saw her, he approached her uh, with the most striking woman in the building and, uh, you know, promised her this life that he delivered, but it was all based on fraud. Yeah, he was um, fraud from the word go. He was a very fraudulent person. And then he shows up with the mistress at the end. I, I'm not going to get into a whole lot of that because people need to read your book to really get to the bottom of all this. But Gypsy, I mean, you talk about having a, you know, uh, a, a woman on the side that you bring into your house. Gypsy? I mean, that's really interesting to me. I mean, I never, I've never, I didn't know the first name, Gypsy. <laughs> Uh, it's a, it's kind of a funny uh, uh, a part of my book is that um, when they uh, the daughter and the mother uh, Michelle Martin uh, Michelle McNeil discovers that he is seeing another woman and she looks it up on his phone and discovers her name is Gypsy and she's like what is this a stripper like what's my ticket yeah I mean, how many people uh, do you know how many girls you know about the first name is Gypsy. Exactly. Well, I think that gypsy had some kind of story too. We don't have to get into that if you don't want to, but I know yeah. she was, no. she came, right? Yeah, yeah, she came yeah. from some funny, funky background. Whoa, I know her family. Whoa. Yeah. She, uh, Who named so, her? Who named her? Yeah. Very interesting part of my story is that I interviewed her personally and at the end, she uh, tried to extort me for money. Um, to do a oh, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, uh, as a journalist, you have to do, you, you have to have credibility. So you have to do uh, interviews for free because, you know, obviously if you do an interview and you pay someone, they're, you know, uh, going to tell you what they want, what you want to hear. So right. I did an interview with her. And then I had a lot of questions after that. Like, how did she not suspect this guy of murder uh, for several reasons? And so I asked to do a second interview, and she directed me to her publicist. <laughs> Everybody's trying to cash in now on this. Exactly. You know, you wrote exactly. the book. You wrote a very good, true story book as a great investigative journalist. And now we got Gypsy trying to make money on it. Exactly. I mean, this woman cheated, you know, was a mistress to a marriage. And that ultimately resulted in a death, and she wanted to get paid for what she did. It speaks to her character. Oh, and, it does. Uh, I'll yeah, say. Absolutely. And I go into things, like, you know, every case I go into, I go in with, like, a clear head, and I don't, like, try and bring up my opinion in anything, but, like, that type of thing is obviously you're going to have an opinion about it. If someone's trying to extort you for money, uh, trying to get wow. paid for the, the severe actions that they did, you know, if I was involved in that case, I'd feel so shamed 
that I, you know, yeah. a mistress. Like, I can't even imagine. Well, see, these narcissists, she's one, too, I guess. They have no shame. You know that. Exactly. <laughs> I got news for yeah. you. There's probably strippers out there by the name of Gypsy that have more morals <laughs> than this lady. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. <clears throat> no yeah. doubt. No, that's so you uh, you actually had to meet with her and uh, you did speak with her. Interesting, very interesting. Um, from what I know about her, I give you credit for that alone. That's a whole other book in itself, I guess, Shanna. <laughs> and, and 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 this guy was manipulating and and wherever you want to cut me off, Shanna, you feel free to do that because I don't want to really give anything away. But wasn't he manipulating his wife to look better or look younger or something? I mean, this guy was all about the looks. Uh, absolutely, yeah. He was a 50-year-old man trying, uh, when he first met his mistress, he presented himself as a 37-year-old guy. He was a 47-year-old guy. Yeah. <laughs> he was absolutely trying <laughs> to, uh, you know, seem younger and seem more, you know, hip or whatever. Obviously, it, it was, uh, he, he just, uh, you know, whatever he did, he was uh, ultimately apprehended and discovered that he was a fraud. Yeah, fraud all the way around, and and not only a medical fraud, but a legal fraud. I mean, this guy was a fraudulent lawyer and a fraudulent doctor. I mean, a how fraud- bad does it get? John, I mean, he's a fraudulent husband. He's too. a fraudulent husband. He's a fraudulent father. I mean, you know, this guy's middle name's fraud. That's the ultimate fraud. Is that you know, you can be a fraud in your legal career or your medical career, um, but the fact that he. If, Defrauded his own family is the ultimate, like, you know, nail in the coffin. The fact that, you know, his family saw him as a totally different person. It was, you know, life altering for his family to realize that the person that they identified as their father, the, the one daughter who went to medical school to be like her father, was a fraud. Like, that person did not exist. And uh, how life shattering is that? A 30, I'm sorry, go ahead, life shattering, go ahead, Shannon. Yeah, I mean, uh, so the daughter, she's the one who ultimately, like, led the charge. Her name is uh, Alexis, and she led the, yeah, Alexis McNeil, she led the charge. She actually uh, adopted her mother's maiden name, so her name is Alexis Summers. She led the charge against her father when she realized that he was just a fraud the entire, you know, Everything that she thought that she knew, that her dad was this great guy, and she actually went to medical school to be a doctor like her father, he did not really exist. And, like, life-shattering. Like, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. Oh, now my take, God. For a guy to take a 30-year marriage, 30-year marriage, 30 year, yeah. and throw it out in the trash, I, I mean... Yeah. Uh, how many times well, you've heard that? You know, I mean, just exactly. just, just actually dump her. Not only throw it out in the trash, but murder her and throw her out in the trash. I mean, this is this book is incredible. Yeah, I'm really looking was, forward to it, this. It's such a, a tragic murder, and uh, you know the fact that she was with him for 30 years and did not suspect until the end. And uh, you know that the, the family that loved her. So much. They saw this beautiful person, a beautiful woman. They thought to put their own father in jail. It's very emotional. Um, I think people will like to hear the story and uh, hear the background between them and how it led up to this. 
like I said, it was the most emotional book that I've ever written. Uh, my third book. And, uh, I, like, by the end, I was like, I will never write a book again because it just put me in such a depression. That oh, the human shit. I'm sorry to like, hear that. <laughs> no, well, it no, takes no. a toll on you. It takes a toll on you. This is really emotional ditch digging writing this type of book. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. I will write a book again. I will, obviously, like, you, 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 well, you, you, you have, you better, Shannon. Yeah. I mean, come <laughs> on. You, you're one of the best, best true crime writers out there. I mean, you got to keep writing, but you know, you get to take a break too. You know, you got to make yeah. sure you're feeling all right, you know, but the stranger <laughs> she loved me, yeah. you know, the stranger she loved. Yeah. But that's Shanna, the name of it. It's coming out March 31st, correct? <laughs> And the book will be available at any best-selling bookstores, correct? And probably order online yeah, at Amazon. Yeah, uh, yeah, Amazon. Um, you can buy it, a digital copy, whatever anyone wants to buy. And uh, I don't care how anyone buys it. Uh, yeah, great. We just want them to buy it because it's going to be an awesome book. And don't loan it to anybody. Make them buy their own. <laughs> you won't want to give it up anyway. So, Shanna, what else? Where, where are you? What are you doing now? Where are you going to be? Anything planned? Or I know you're teaching, right? Yeah, you're teaching. That's exciting, yeah, huh? I'm, I'm teaching at ASU at Arizona State University, and I found that very rewarding. And I've kind of taken a break. I just finished the book in uh, November of 2014, so I've kind of like set aside a few months to kind of work on my house and. uh and not be a writer for a few months, but uh, I mm -hmm. actually uh, have been very intrigued by the case in, um, uh, I'm sorry, uh, 21 Palms, the woman who was murdered by her, the boyfriend that she was dating, and that they found mm. her body in the uh, um, one of the, the abandoned mines. And I've been very intrigued by that case, but that looks like to be the next case I'm going to write about. Uh, you know, she was a woman who was like 20 years old and they, uh, she said that she was pregnant and her husband thought the baby was obviously hers. It ended up being the, uh, husband, uh, another guy that she met on the military base on the 29, uh, 21 Palms. And, well, um, this sounds fantastic, too. I can't yeah. wait to hear more about it. Well, we want you to come back and, and join us again when you're able to, Shanna. Would you come back? Yeah, we always like to talk uh, with you. Yeah, it's always fun know. having you on. Be on your show. You guys it's always great. fun. Yeah, yes. you're very you informative and a very, very sweet person. We appreciate your time. I know you're very busy. How are your dogs doing? Good. Okay, I got to check on the dogs. and. And, uh, and I, you guys are great. Uh, thank so you. Thank you so much. So, so honored that you guys even call me. So, uh, We're... awesome. And have a great rest of your evening. I know the show is airing in the evening. And, uh, uh, yeah, obviously I will be back for whatever crime I write about. We hope so. Oh, we want to have you back. And Shanna, we can get a hold of you and the listeners can find you at shannahogan.com. Correct? shannahogan.com. Yeah. Okay, yeah, and so that's the stranger she loves. And yeah. that's coming out March 31st. Amazon. You can go on Amazon and search my name. You'll find the book. March 31st oh. is the release date, so you will see it then. Wherever fine books are sold, the Martin McNeil trial. Wow, this is, this is really a great must read. It's a must read. Well, Shanna, you Thank take you very so good much. care of yourself. Get that you much too. needed rest you need. Okay, and we will talk to you again real soon, I hope. Absolutely. Thank you All so right, much, Leo sweet. and John. Have a thank great. Oh, thank you. you so much. Thank you so much.
We're honored. Boy, she's a great kid. You know, she's a great I, I call her kid because I'm too old. But I'm okay. saying, you know, I'm older. You know, but she's just fantastic. She's got she a lot is. of energy. She's very smart. She's very comprehensive. She's you know, one of the finest journalists that I've ever come across. I have to agree. And she's because a real. They're not person. out there today. She's old school as far as I'm concerned. As far as that investigative journalist stuff goes, that's, John, that's I the real cut- deal. Got to cut you off because we're out of time. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you all. Talk to you next week. Thank you, Shanna Hogan. I'll talk to you. Thank you. Thank you.